0: Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Work together. The good. Work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Work together. The good. To those who love God. on your lips. those who are called
1: hey everybody can you hear me thumbs up thumbs up if you can hear me we are live we are live we are live i hope that you are well All right. Good, good, good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Tag your friends and tell them to get on, get on with the get on, get on with the get going. All right. So excited that you're here. We are going to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter and the first verse. When you're ready, say I'm ready in the chat. If you're new, tell us who you are. If you've been joining us for however many days, so glad that you're here. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, the first through the seventh verse. 2 Kings 4. One through seven. And it reads this way The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled put it to one side she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. But she went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. And that's the end of our reading for today. I want you to put in the chat the subject for your consideration. Here it is Your calling is not your healing. You see, there are some subjects I have to come on live and talk to you straight into the camera because I already know it's about to go down. I want you to put it in the text, put it in the chat, put it on your notes. Your calling is not your healing. Friends, we have been meandering through for the last 17 days around the subject of purpose, and I hope that you get it. It's his purpose, not mine. We have studied the subject of purpose, and we've given a working definition to purpose. That purpose is the vehicle that should also house the verb, which shows up in every sentence of your life. Purpose is the vehicle passion is the fuel calling is the echo that has been stalking you from childbirth assignment is a temporary rest stop it will not last forever but it is necessary for destiny and destiny is destination or the punctuation mark at the end of your life sentence and we've been looking at key and critical characters to discuss purpose in the multiplicity of ways and today I want you to know that even spiritual people pick wrong. We see this even in the selection of David, the king, when Samuel, who had been reared and anointed, appointed, led, and taught by this wonderful man, Eli, is now told to dethrone one king, Saul, and to anoint another, David. We see how that same God who told Samuel to go to Jesse's house also went into Jesse's house and picked the wrong son. It is possible for you to be spiritual and pick wrong. It is possible for you to hear one part of the word and not get clarity about the other. It is possible for you to miss. What is also possible is that many times people will assume because I'm called, that also means I'm capable. Because I'm called, that also means I'm competent. Because I'm called, that also means despite my character flaws, God will use me. And when we make these assertions and conclusions, we forget that even with Moses, God used Moses in spite of his problems, not without concern for his problems. Abraham, Moses was told to hit the rock and he hit the rock and then water comes out for the people's sake. Abraham has an anger issue. And yet, despite his anger issue, God still uses him. Sometimes we think that God is using us because of us, not realizing that God is using us because of the people. Abraham, I wish I could have told you the topic of today's discussion. Moses, I wish I could have told you the topic of today's discussion. And Elisha, I wish you could have told the woman who you helped that they're calling, is not your healing that you being fascinated and infatuated with the call does not replace the work you need to do with the character why because character is who you are in the dark character is who you are when nobody sees you character is where you go and what you do when other people don't know you're there character is the being of who you are and if you're not careful to work on your character then your calling can be compromised because you did not do the work To grow up, I think that every single verse in this particular passage is one that we could preach about for purpose. Let me start with verse one. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. I want you to put in the chat, her husband was a prophet. The first verse says, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slave. Put it again, her husband was a prophet. Her husband was not just a prophet. Her husband was known by Elisha. And Elisha replies to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? First, I want to stop and remind you that this prophet who could see and hear the word of the Lord for everybody else could not see that his death date was coming. And as a result, he left his children to be sold because he went outside of his house to make sure everybody else received the word of the Lord, but he did not take care of his own house to ensure that after he died, they would still be taken care of. Please don't let it be said that you have preached to the masses and your children don't even know the Lord. Please don't let it be said that you have traveled around the world anointing spiritual sons and your sons don't like church. Please don't let it be said that you have created an idea of calling that is instituted inside a church church is the equivalent of a gas station no one lives at a gas station the purpose of the church is to charge you so that you can change the world it is not for you to sit in the gas station and just simply buy laffy taffies the goal of church is to charge you if you're charged you're supposed to be changing and if you're changing you're supposed to also let that happen inside of the people places and things that know you the most Elisha says, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? The next thing I want you to put in the chat is this. What do you have in your house? Because most of the excuses we give God as it pertains to calling is that I don't have the credential yet. But what do you have in your house? Most of the excuses we tell God is that I don't have the permit yet. He says, "Okay, but what do you have in your house? I'm often confronted with people who tell me that they have big dreams to become uh, beauticians or cosmetologists, and they dream of having 40 hair stations and a shampoo lady, and they desire acres of land where people can come and they can enjoy their family, their kids, and they can get their hair done. And my first response is, do you have shampoo? Do you have a blow dryer? Does the water work in your home? Before you get to the acres, get some clients inside of your kitchen and get to work. Because when we give God these outlandish requests, we haven't actually checked in to see if this is necessary for the assignment for which he's called us. The prophet asks her, what is in your house? Because what he was trying to tell her was that everything you need is already within you. This purpose challenge is simply just an accompaniment to the role that you play in life. This purpose 66 challenge is a clarifier. But everything that God is going to do through you and in you, he's already put inside of your home. And sometimes we don't realize this, but our greatest work is not what we do, but who we raise. Sometimes our greatest calling is not the job we occupy, but the people that we grow in the tutelage of the Lord. She literally looks and says, your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of oil. What is it about us that we always point to the lack before we point to what we have? What is it about us that when the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, send the crowd away so that they can go and have something to eat, that when Jesus says, you feed them, they come to him with lack and not actually evidence of what they actually have? How different would this text have been if she started the conversation, I have a small jar of olive oil? You see, sometimes the greatest weapon of purpose is pessimism. And pessimism is the unbelief that God can happen through you. It's easy for you to believe that God can happen for others. It's easy for you to believe that God's will able to blow on their business and they will grow. But can you also believe that God conspired between the heavens and the earth? He sat between Kairos and Kronos for this moment because he wanted to push you into purpose with or without your permission. Somebody say it in the comments, he pushed me without my permission. I didn't know that these 17, 18 days I would be under house arrest. He pushed me without my permission. I didn't know that in the midst of grieving the loss of my loved one, that I would also have the companion called calling. He pushed me without my permission. I didn't think that 127, 157, 187, and almost 200 people would then join from all over the world and outside of the US so that they could get more clarity about their purpose. He pushed me without my permission. I didn't want this, but here I am doing this because of the little I had left, not because of the lack. Thank him for what is left. Do not glorify the lack. And Elisha then challenges her with something I think is really important. Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Here's the thing that I think is so interesting. We talked about this in worship in 66, but it's also relatable to purpose in 66. Many of us could not have fulfilled this request. We could not have actually received the miracle because our neighbors are strangers. And this particular text, I don't know any neighbor that would give of their jars or give of their oil or give to someone they did not know. It tells me that some of the purpose work you got to do preliminarily is to step out and actually be nice to people. Because people don't want to hear about your God if you don't want to know their name. People don't want to hear about what you have to offer if you don't care about who they are. People are tired of being used. And what I've determined in my life is that everybody wants to be useful, but nobody wants to be used. And so if the only way and reason that you're connecting with your neighbors is because you want to offer them Christ, you are still a stranger. Ask them their name. Ask them where they're from. Get into their mind. Actually love and learn who they are before you start asking for favors, before you start throwing Jesus in their face without any cognizance or relationship. Purpose requires partners and partners sometimes show up in people, places, and things that don't look like who you think, but they have what you need in order for the miracle to work. Be nice, be kind. Let it be said that you were the person that spoke, even if they didn't respond. Because if God is going to call you to change the world, he's going to start not in the nations, but in the neighborhood. He tells her, go around and ask for jars. Don't ask for a few. Maybe God told you no because you were asking too low. Maybe your request was a minimum wage request and you were praying through an insecure heart. Maybe God told you no because you asked too low. And what I notice in this scripture that is most scary is that according to however many jars she got, the oil continued to flow. If she had done even more jars, she would have had even more oil. But many times we limit even what God can put his stamp of approval on because we don't believe that we're worthy. But today I want to remind you that your calling is not your healing. That it is possible for you to be in church and hear God and miss him It is possible for you to overcompensate in doing for God, and you are assuming that the more I do for God, the more I am loved by God. That's called works righteousness. It is possible for you to raise a church and abandon your children. But today, I want you to actually do the work so that when your future generations are studying purpose, they don't have to start with your problems. I want you to do the work so that you don't leave your house uncovered as you go and prophesy to the nations. I want you to know that emotional work is just as important as having a financial plan. I want you to know that what God is asking you to do now is to get healthy, to get healed, and to get whole. Before you are pushed into the platform that you are called to, get healthy, get healed, get whole. Before people start calling you for interviews, get healthy, get healed, and get whole. It's one thing to get healthy. That is the natural order of things. That is you taking seriously what you eat, and that is taking seriously how often you move your body, you exercise. That is also making sure that you don't allow people into your heart emotionally that don't need to be there. It's another thing to be healed. It is another thing to move that wound into a scab as a reminder of what God can do. And then to be whole is to walk out into the world not remembering the pain that was incurred upon you because of what somebody did to you. Be healthy, get healed, and get whole. How do we do that? Number one, we've got to have a hard conversation with God. And that is the challenge that I think many people miss. If the only time God has a conversation with you is because you have a microphone in your hand, then you're calling Is trying to be your healing. What God wants is alone time with you, pulled away from the crowd so that you and God can process some grief before you bleed on innocent bystanders. You do that by having a hard conversation with God. Then you have a hard conversation with yourself. It is time for you to accept that what is gone has gone and what is new is here. And for those who left you, it just simply reminds me that those who are called to me, they can't leave. And those who are not they cannot stay having a hard conversation with myself means owning up to the fact that i sabotage some of the situations and decisions for which i'm responsible and it's nobody else's fault not the devil's fault not my mama's fault not my dad's fault because the more i ascribe fault to them the less i'm able to own up to what i need to do for me and i got to do this one for me this is the season that I am going to move forward independent of their endorsement, independent of their acknowledgement, and independent of their forgiveness. I am walking in a season of lateral forgiveness where I forgive people who didn't even say I'm sorry. And then finally, you have a hard conversation with uh, others, with those you loved. I wonder if the woman in the text would have asked her sons if they could help out by working at the local shop if she would have been in the situation she was in. I wonder if the issue is that the woman was trying to take care of everybody else the way her husband took care of her, but did not include them the way her husband didn't include her. I wonder if the marriage would have been different if he had come out of church, came back home and sat down and said, these are our bills. It's so interesting how you can live with someone in the house and they are not even clueless. They are clueless around where you are and what you have and what you don't. So have an honest conversation with God. Have an honest one with yourself and then have an honest one with others. That's your purpose project today. It is to bridge the natural with the spiritual. It is to clarify, yes, I am called to this, but this is not going to heal me. The success of my calling does not equate to the success of my health. And I'm going to make sure that I do the work to get healthy in these ways so that I can be healed and whole for somebody else. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, I thank you because this word that you've given us has given us clarity around healing. Richard Smallwood wrote this song that says there's healing for your sorrow and healing for your pain, healing for your sickness, there's shelter from the rain. Lord, send your healing. For this we know there is a bomb in Gilead to heal the soul. And I pray today, God, that you would heal our soul, heal our souls, heal our minds, heal our imaginations, heal the places of pain that are so deep that we have lost our own center. Help us to remember that our calling is not our healing, that what we do for you does not replace the work we need to do to get in the spirit so that you can clean our hearts. Father, we just want you to hear our prayer. I pray in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, that this lesson will seek deep down into the hearts of those who need it and that you would usher them in into a place where they are safe. That is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: the world refrained, you paved the way for me to meet love face to face, and I was a slave in the abyss of sin's grave. Jesus, she came to save my day. You gave your whole life. I gave my half heart, but broken I come. Focused I come, ready I come Usher me in, to the place where I am safe Assure me in, to the place where You knew no sin, but became sin for men And women who would one day forget you And you knew no wrong, but you still learned my song So one day I would have a place to belong You gave your whole life my half heart, but broken I come, surrendered I come, ready I come, Hashem. to the place where I am saved.